one time. All right, let's pray tonight, okay? Lord, we thank you tonight. We love you, Lord. We, we, we bless your name for your goodness and mercy. Lord, I, I pray, God, tonight that this, uh, that this lesson would, would find resting place and lodging place in our hearts tonight. God, help us, Lord, uh, to apply these things to our hearts. God, teach us and train us and change us. God, if, if we're doing it right, help us to, help us to, to do uh, better at doing it right. God, we may be doing the right thing, but God, we can always have room for improvement. And Lord, if we're doing it wrong, uh, God, give us, uh, give us enough courage to admit we got it wrong and then give us enough wisdom to fix it and make it right so that it'll be good. Uh, Lord, that's the wonderful thing about the Bible uh, is the Bible is changing us. Uh, the Bible's not changing, but it's, if, it's, if it's being applied in our life, it's changing us. And constantly I'm being changed uh, and convicted and strengthened uh, by the word of God. That's what it does. So Lord, do that for us tonight, and we'll thank you in Christ's name. Amen. We're going to jump right into uh, what, I, what I consider to be the fun part. I, I, I enjoy uh, dealing with all of this. Uh, five stages of home building that we'll go through. Uh, stage number one uh, is what I titled the first stage. Uh, that is where we look where you develop a, a plan. Uh, right now we're looking, it's where you determine the prints. We're going to determine our blueprints of what our house is going to look like. And it is where you demolish the parcel. You've got to clear the ground. There's some things in the way if you're going to build the right kind of home that need to be moved. We'll look at that in weeks to come. Uh, stage number two is the, uh, is the foundation stage. That's where you build a solid foundation on something that will stand the test of time. I can't think of anything better uh, as a solid foundation than the Word of God. Uh, stage three is the framing stage. That is where walls and windows go up. Uh, and, there, and, and, and doors go up and you'll need windows in your home you'll need walls in your home and you'll need doors in your home uh, you'll need a roof on your home that is the framing stage stage four is the finishing stage uh, that is where we, 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 we detail it to, to our own peculiarities or we detail it to our uh, own personalities uh, and no two people are the same and no two homes are meant to be exactly the same. The Bible is a, is a framework, it is a blueprint, uh, and your home can be filled with your personality. And if you have a loud, uh, fun-going personality, it'll probably be found in your home. And your neighbor may not have that kind of personality. It don't mean that their home's wrong, it just means their personalities are different. Uh, you'll be able to work that out in the finishing stages. And then the final stage is what I call the front porch stage, where, where we can sit on the front porch. Our house is not perfect. Our home is not perfect. But we can enjoy what God has given us. Uh, and that, isn't that the goal of, of life? Isn't that the goal of, uh, of a home uh, that the people who live there can play in the yard and enjoy it uh, and, and, and enjoy coming there? It's a sanctuary. It's a, it's a retreat uh, from the outside. It's a place that we want to go. And the older I get, the more I want to be there. Can I get a witness right there? Uh, the older I get, what sounds fun on Friday night is being at the house with my family. The older I get, what sounds fun day on Saturday is building something 
uh, at the house, uh, building anything uh, uh, or mowing something. Uh, of course, my kids would beg to differ. They, uh, their version of fun and my version is not the same, and I have to remember that. I may be having fun, but they may not always be having fun. Uh, but that's the final uh, or the front porch stage. That's where you can sit on a rocking chair with your wife and your kids, and you can drink sweet tea, and you can enjoy life. Uh, and that's where we want to get to. That's where I want you to get to. Uh, I, I have found that in our generation, even in church, most people live uh, what they live in, you couldn't call, and maybe not here. Uh, I think we've got good homes here. I do. I hope we do. But most people uh, that, that, that are living in today's society are living in houses that are not homes. They're living in places where most people in that house are not enjoying being there. Uh, and that's sad, uh, especially when there is an answer to that especially when there is a, uh, an antidote uh, for that problem. And if we'll, if we'll line our thinking up and our living up with the Word of God, we can make a home that people enjoy to live in. Uh, so let's dive right in tonight. The first stage, we've already dealt with, the, with developing a plan. Uh, and uh, if you miss that, you can go on our website and, and pull that up and listen to it. Uh, tonight, let's go into the Determine the Prince. Uh, building the blueprints or laying out the blueprints for the kind of home um, that, that you want to live in. Uh, we, we looked, uh, if I'm going to build a house, there are certain rooms that are necessities for my home. Uh, a, a, a literal house, if I'm going to build a house, there are certain rooms that I, I don't want to leave off. Uh, maybe I don't have enough money to build the fourth bedroom or the fifth bedroom or maybe even the third bedroom. Maybe I don't have enough money to build an uh, uh, um, uh, 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 enclosed attic or an enclosed garage. Uh, and maybe I've, got to, maybe I've got to scale back on my house. But there's some rooms uh, that if I'm going to build a house, I want. One of them we looked at last week, and that was the, uh, that was the living room. Uh, and I labeled the living room in our house, uh, and we're making a comparison, a connection from our house to our spiritual home. The living room is a place for fun and fellowship. Uh, that is where people gather. That is where people sit around. That is where people, friends come over, family comes over. Uh, when our kids are grown, they come back. We sit on the couch. We fellowship that is where mom and dad and children, everyone congregates, uh, and our houses must have that. Uh, do something fun, have fellowship, uh, um, uh, uh, bring people out of their rooms, bring people out of their seclusion into the body of the family uh, and spend time one with another. And spend time doing things that everybody in the house likes doing, not just one or two people uh, but make sure that your house has a living room. Tonight, uh, let's just move on because we've already dealt with that. Uh, here's the second room uh, that we want to deal with. We'll probably deal with the second and the third room tonight. Uh, here's the second room that we want to deal with tonight. Uh, and that is the kitchen or the dining room. If I'm going to build a house, uh, I, I want to build a house that has a kitchen uh, and a dining room or a combination there. Uh, and that is the room uh, for feeding. Uh, that is where we are spiritually nourished uh, in the, in the uh, kitchen 
or the dining room. I, I, could, could it be said that you have a complete house uh, if you don't have a place to cook food, if you don't have a place to wash a dish, if you don't have a, a place to sit down and to eat? Uh, if, if I'm gonna, I, I don't know of anybody's house that don't have one. Uh, you can even go back in days when people had little one-bedroom houses uh, and in a corner there was a kitchen because people have to eat and they have to eat multiple times a day and they, they, they had families, they have to eat. Uh, and in my house, we've got to have a kitchen and a place to sit down and eat. Have you ever thought tonight that in your spiritual home, there needs to be a room, not, not necessarily a room, but as we make the comparison, there needs to be a place for, for nourishment, a place for feeding in your spiritual home. Uh, and I'll just ask you tonight, just I mean, just right up front, I'll just hit you right in the beginning with the question and then we'll follow it up at the end with it again. Right now, as we speak, is there a place in your home, uh, and when I say place, is there set aside time in your home uh, for feeding, for spiritual nourishment uh, for yourself, for your children, for your spouse, for your home? Um, the, you can read on with me uh, in, our, in our paper that I gave you tonight. Uh, while hot pockets and leftover pizza is good for the microwave, make sure you have a room for a stove, make sure you have room for a stove and an oven because your family will need to be nourished and fed. Thank God for church and Christian school, but your family will need to be fed more than just on Sundays and school days. What will you feed them how will you feed them? What will you feed yourself? Uh, I, I was thinking this afternoon as I was uh, considering this and knowing I was going to be teaching it tonight, um, a couple of illustrations, uh, number, num or maybe three illustrations. Uh, number one, uh, I have dogs. Uh, we've got three of them. Uh, all of them are big. They're, they're not small little dogs. They're big enough to eat you out of house and home. Uh, I did not know it cost that much money to feed to feed animals. Uh, I, we used to go to the dollar store, uh, and still sometimes we do when we run out and we don't have time to go get the good stuff. Anybody, uh, Baron? We, we used to go to the dollar store uh, and buy uh, buy food at the dollar store for really cheap, uh, and we had to and pour the food to them uh, to get uh, any kind of weight on them. Uh, one day I was over at the feed and seed store in Hepzibah, uh, and uh, I was talking, uh, and uh, the man there was telling me, uh, you, you have to double feed uh, that kind of food because it is all filler. There's very little nutrient, if any at all. There's very little nutritious value, if any at all. And you're having to feed more to compensate the fact that all you are giving them is something to fill their belly and something to fill their body but it never brings any nutrients to their body. He said, you could spend more, get good stuff, and feed them half what you're feeding now. The money would come out about the same, uh, and, and, and your dogs would be healthier. Uh, and we did that uh, and found out that it's true. Uh, we, we, we were feeding them junk, and it was producing junk. Um, I, I've got cows, and every, every winter time. Uh, the grass, uh, uh, the grass freezes. The grass dies. It goes dormant, uh, and we have to give them hay. Uh, I could spend a whole lot of money on 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 alfalfa hay, 
uh, rich in nutrients or I can get filler hay uh, for about $45 a roll uh, and that's what I do. But here's the problem. Uh, those cows, the weight will fall off of them steadily in the wintertime if I don't supplement that. Uh, so we have to go over to Louisville I buy about 800 bags of feed, bring it home, get my tractor, unload it, put it in the barn, and we feed them. And they need about uh, about four gallon, or about a gallon to two gallons apiece per day uh, to supplement the filler hay that they're getting, uh, so that the weight don't come off of them, uh, so that they're uh, have enough nutrients to feed their uh, their calves, uh, and so that they hold their strength until spring rolls around and grass starts growing again. Uh, it, it, it is costly uh, to, to, to feed something worthwhile, but it's beneficial in the long run. And I, I thought about that. I, I thought about spiritually. Uh, if, if, and, I, and I wrote down this question. If the spiritual diet of your home depended wholly upon you, what would be the spiritual health? What would the spiritual health of your home look like? Uh, thank God for church on Sunday morning, Sunday night. Thank God for Sunday school. Thank God for a Christian school. But that is only to supplement. That is only to add to. That is only to assist with what you are providing at your home. Um, my, my, my oldest boy, Levi, uh, uh, he, he, he loves junk food. Now, he's skinny. Uh, and, and so he can get by with it uh, right now. But he loves junk food, and he loves cereal. Uh, the boy loves cereal. I've, I've dialed him back, because uh, he'll eat two bowls of cereal every day. It has no value at all. Uh, and the older I get, I'm trying to, uh, you know, I, you can't look at me and tell I'm trying to do any better, but I'm trying to, to do better that, you know, let's, 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 let's eat something that'll help us out. Uh, instead of just you know pass the time and 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 curve our sweet tooth, uh, and and I, I explained that to him, uh, man, you're not helping yourself. Uh, you know, kids will go, and adults will too. They'll go right past the blueberries and the bananas and the apples, and they'll go get the uh, Snicker bar or the uh, you know the ice cream. Can you know uh, every time? Uh, don't you reckon it's that same way spiritually? Uh, I, 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 uh, I need as the head of my home to prepare in my home that, I, that I'm going to need a place for my, I, I can't expect them to do it on their own. If, if you expect a seven-year-old to be spiritual on their own, it's not going to happen. If you're expecting your, your, your 11-year-old to, to want to go read that, they, you, you might just have one you know, that's different than, than a lot of them. But most of you are going to have one like most people have one. Uh, and they're not going to bypass the television and the video game to go get a book and read it, to go get a Bible, to go get a prayer closet and pray. Uh, and neither are you unless you make yourself. Um, I, I have a responsibility in my home and, and, and as much as I cannot neglect the fact that my kids need more than Rice Krispie treats for dinner, they need more than, 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 than one spiritual meal a week if I'm going to raise up a young person that's going to live in this filthy world that's going to have any kind of character or, or uh, desire to live for God. 
Uh, it, it's just that way. Um, uh, junk food diets produce junky mindsets and junky lifestyles. Um, uh, verse uh, Matthew chapter five, uh, verse number six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Uh, Hebrews 5, 12, for when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat, Hebrews 5, 12. Hebrews 5, 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And in Psalm 34, verse eight, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Uh, what, kind of, what kind of home uh, or what kind of place or time in your home are you giving to spiritual nourishment, if any at all? Uh, something to think about tonight. Um, uh, let, let, let me just help you with, with something that I, uh, and I'll just, I'll just tell you, part of this is my opinion, but I'm going to give it to you, and I just want you to take it. Uh, you don't have to apply it, but I want you to receive it and at least consider it. Uh, it when, 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 we're, when we're dealing with, with children, uh, and let's talk about this food business for, for a minute. And this is kind of a pet peeve of mine, so I'm going to take a minute as your pastor and talk about it. And then you take it whether you want to, and if you don't, uh, you'll join the crowd with most people who don't ever listen to anything I say, uh, hardly. Uh, let, so let me just give it to you, and, and you decide what, what crowd you want to be in. Um, do yourself a favor. Uh, you're going to make life difficult on yourself. Uh, there, there's two reasons why children don't like food. One is the texture and the other is the taste. Uh, but the problem is, is that child is developing what they like and they really do not know what they like. Uh, and that child will look at something and determine they don't like it and they've never even tasted it. Or they will lay it on their tongue and the texture will be a little bit different than what they're used to uh, and they won't taste it or they won't take it any further uh, and they'll turn it away, and that's where most parents say, well, they didn't like it. Uh, you might want to be careful because they come into this world drinking milk. Uh, you, want them to, you want them to get past that stage, right? Uh, you, you want them to move past uh, the stage of, of, of milk only. Uh, and, and so you're going to have to make them do things and try things. If you'll do that when they're little, when they're real little, by the time they're seven or eight or nine years old, they will have developed what they like and you won't have to fight them because there'll be two or three things that they don't like and you'll know it and that'll be all right. Uh, but if you let them say no to everything, they'll only like two or three things. And then you've got to turn around and fight the rest of your life to try to sneak stuff into their palate uh, that you could have dealt with when they were about that tall uh, and made them eat things whether they liked it or not. Uh, and developed a taste for things uh, that were beyond, uh, beyond, uh, you know, uh, Happy Meal at McDonald's. Uh, and I know that's a pet peeve of mine. You said, you got any, I probably could find some. I, I don't know. I'm not going to take the time tonight. Uh, I, I, everything that, that our, our mind, our body, our health, our bones, our growth is all factored off of our diet. And when we don't get the right kind of diet, our growth is stunted. Our growth is deteriorated. 
uh, we, we go to Albania and all the Albanian men are about that tall and the Albanian women are about that tall. All of them. Uh, but there is a generation of Albanians now, all of them 50 and above there and there. Uh, about five foot for the men, maybe just a little bit taller. Uh, and, and four foot something for the ladies. Uh, and then the generation my age and uh, under, uh, they're about six foot, six foot four, six foot five, tall men and women. Uh, and I had no idea. Uh, I, I just thought it was uh, uh, the hormones they feed us, but they don't feed them that over there. Uh, everything they get is fresh. And, and, and so I, I found out, uh, one of them told us, they said under communism, uh, they were malnourished. They couldn't eat. They starved. Uh, and during the growth age of their childhood, uh, they, they could not grow a- uh, adequately and accurately because they were not taking in what their body needed. They were under communism. They didn't have enough food. And what they did was not the right kind of food to help them grow and mature into healthy adults. And so 50 and older, they're all, uh, they're all about, about that tall. Uh, and, and then the younger generation, and they come to find out Albanians are actually tall people. Uh, historically, they're tall people. Uh, but but, but they're, uh, the older generation are all short. Uh, they, they did not receive what their body needed. Uh, and I thought about that many times. Uh, our generation t- takes very little care. Uh, and you see this big thing coming back around now of health and whole foods and, and, and all of that, and that's fine. I'm not against that. Me and my wife have started talking about let's try to do better at that with what we give our children and ourselves. But, we, but, but our generation of even Christians has given very little thought to what we give our families spiritually. And no wonder we are a generation spiritually malnourished because there is no intake of anything healthy or good and there is a constant flood of entertainment and television, social media. We, 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 we take a cell phone and we put it in the hands of a, of a seven-month-old uh, and, and, and with never any intent to ever put a prayer into their life, to ever put a Bible story into their heart. Um, let, let, let's, let's have room. Are y'all hearing me uh, tonight? Uh, let's have room for prayer. Let's have room. Uh, let's have room for, for Bible reading. Um, let, let, let's, let's determine. Um, let, let's determine that we're going to do something because it's right, even if our children don't like it. Uh, I, I, I don't know that I ever didn't like church, but I know that church bored me out of my mind when I was a kid. Anybody in here will be honest enough to bear witness with me. When you were a kid in church, you did a whole lot of playing with cars under the pew, laying under the pew in church. Anybody honest? I got four honest people, five honest people. If y'all went to church, that's what you did. Uh, unless you were old school and your parents wouldn't even let you get that far unattached. And then, and then we got some of that too. Depending on who I was with, if I was with my grandmother, I laid on the floor and played with cars. If I was with my mama, I sat up and, and, and fought to keep my eyes open. Uh, I, I didn't know at five years old what the preacher was talking about. I didn't know. Uh, we didn't have children's church. My wife, her church did. Our church didn't have children's church. Uh, our church has got it now, and I like it. I'm grateful for it. Uh, but, 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 but kids don't. Number one, kids don't know 
what kind of food that they need to eat. They don't understand. You got to drink this milk to grow your bones. You got to eat this carrot to, uh, to uh, you know, to grow up healthy. You've got to have this right kind of diet. Uh, it's beneficial for your body. They don't understand that. And so we let them determine. Well, they don't like that. The only thing they like. You know how many kids in America, the only thing they like is chicken fingers? And, and there's a bunch of y'all, and, and I'm not throwing stones at you tonight. I'm not mad at you, but, 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 but how bad is that going to be when they're grown? I, this kid won't eat nothing but chicken fingers, and they're going to grow up, and they're going to have kids of their own, and it's going to be a boring diet. And there's only so many ways you can make chicken fingers. Only so many ways. Uh, God made vegetables. God made meat. God gave meat to man. He gave vegetables to man. God made fruit. Uh, I, I, try to, I try to beat this into my boy's head. They don't get it. God made water. That's the one liquid outside of milk and fruit juice that God gave us to drink, and it is vital to our life, and most of us are dehydrated. Uh, I, 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 and I try to drink a lot of water. My wife drinks more than I do. Uh, when I went to the hospital last year, uh, they said you were critically dehydrated. Uh, and, 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 and of course, probably part of that was because of sickness and, and that, the, the, that I had fasted, but I was dehydrated, didn't have enough water in my system as a grown man, and they had to pump it into my, into my body. Uh, God made those things for our benefit. What about spiritual things? Uh, what, what about a prayer life? What about, a, what about, a, what about a, a, a time of reading your Bible? What about, what about and man, the, the, the mind of a child is so sharp, isn't it? They remember everything. They remember stuff you don't want them to remember. If you ever had kids, you at least had one, if you had more than one that you were scared to death when they talked. God, please don't let this kid talk. I will kill this kid tonight. They, 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 they said everything that you didn't want them to say and they misunderstood everything that they heard or sometimes they got it right but you didn't want it to be told. Seth's not in here but Seth was the one in our family, Daniel. Mom and Daddy cringed when Seth talked. Uh, Hudson was the one in mine and my wife's family. We still cringe sometimes. when he, He's better now, but he would blabber, I'm telling you. They remember everything. Uh, let's, let's put something in their heart. Let's put something in their life. Thank God for a Christian school. Thank God for church. But, but, but what about at home? What about, what about on Monday? What about on, on, on Thursday night? to feed their home. To, 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 does your Christian home have a, have a place for feeding? Does that make sense tonight? Um, let, let's look at the next one real, real quick. Um, let's look at the next one. The, the next room I, I want to show you tonight is the, the master bedroom. Um, we, we've, we've looked at the living room, place for fun. Uh, the kitchen, a place for feeding. And let's, let's take a little homework home with us tonight and try to apply these things um, to, to, our, to our family, uh, to our home. Uh, here's the, here's, here's the, the next one, uh, the master bedroom. While this is not the only room in the home, it is one of, if not the most important rooms 
in our home. This room will set the temperature for all of the other rooms in the home. If there are problems in this room, it will affect every room. Uh, the master bedroom uh, is the place for friendship, familiarity, faithfulness, fights, uh, flattery, fatigue, and the list goes on. This room is where the home is built. Where private, intimate, marital relations are strengthened, where lifelong bonds and commitments are preserved and protected. While this room is not only about the bed, it is vitally important to a strong marriage. Now let me give you some Bible. Let the husband, this is 1 Corinthians 7, verse 3 through 5, let the husband render unto the wife due but benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time, that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer, and come again, or come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. First Corinthians chapter seven, verse number three, verse number five, or verse number three through five. Now I want to talk about this master bedroom for just a minute. There's several things that I want to talk about. Uh, but it is, uh, it is vitally important to your Christian home. Uh, our, our text that we just read, and I want to be careful. I know it's just adults, but still it's mixed company. Uh, I'm not trying to be uh, uh, vulgar or intrusive. I'm just going to take Bible language and deal with a Bible subject that the Bible deals with. Uh, the husband and the wife. Now, I understand that not every home in here has that. Uh, and if you do, thank God that you do. Uh, if you don't, thank God he's still good and he can still help. Uh, but we're talking about this, the, the master bedroom, the, 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 the leadership of the home. Uh, and it is uh, not my, and, 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 and I'm just going, I'm going to read the text to you again. That went, don't make it uncomfortable for me or you. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise, also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. That means being tired uh, is, is sometimes the truth, but it's not a good excuse all the time. Uh, that means a headache is sometimes reality, but it's not a good excuse all the time if we're going to believe the Bible. And do you know what people hear? Uh, because husbands get tired and have headaches. Women get tired and have headaches. And do you know what the other person hears? I'm not interested in you. I'm not interested in you right now. I'm not interested. And when they hear that, then you have created a divide in that room that is vitally important to building that home. And now you have two people that are not on the same page. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Um. That's not how God intended it to be. Uh, we have perverted our thinking about marital relationships because hell has perverted our thinking about marital relationships. God created that. God made that uh, for man and woman to come together to express their love to one another in God. God created that uh, not just for uh, procreation to have children, but God created that for pleasure. Uh, it, is a, it, is a, it is a Christian, it is a Bible principle, it is a God-given right and truth for married people to enjoy, and we have perverted that 
uh, and, and now we have people because of our, 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 our perverted thinking from the world that we can't talk about it. Uh, and I do believe we ought to be careful how we talk about it, but that we can't talk about it and, and people associate that with a life of sin. But in the bonds of matrimony, that is the only place where it is proper and called for. That is the place in the bonds of holy matrimony where it is okay, where it is proper, where it is called for, where it is approved of God and given by God. And yet many of our Christian homes, uh, one party in the home is depriving another party. The Bible uses the word defraud. You know what that means? That, that means uh, if you did work for me and I owed you a paycheck because of the work you had done for me, to defraud you would mean that I did not give you what was rightfully yours. Uh, we have rights as American citizens, uh, the Second Amendment being one of our rights. We have the right to keep and bear arms. The, the, the liberals would love to defraud us of that right and not allow us to, to have that right that is given us in our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, and our amendments. Uh, to defraud your spouse is unbiblical. You ever consider the fact that, it, that, that I understand the Bible gives us a, a way out except for a time of consent and when, 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 when someone is fasting, uh, uh, defraud you not one another except to be with consent for a time, a season, a short period of time, uh, but you're wrong. If you think that your body you got married and your body uh, is your right to refuse to anybody. I know that's uncomfortable, but I'm just going to, we're talking about the Bible, talking about a healthy Christian home, that you think that your body is your right to refuse to the person that you gave your life to. You made a vow on an altar. You made a promise to that person through thick and thin. I'm yours and you're mine, and no one in that relationship has the right to refuse what the other person, it is their right, except it be with consent for a time. Now, I got Bible on it, I'm giving it to you, and you're gonna have to decide whether you believe the Bible or not. If your home lacks that kind of intimacy, then your home is separating at the seams. And so goes the master bedroom, so goes the children's bedroom and the kitchen and the, and, the, and the living room because it's hard to live in the living room together and have fun and be happy when, when there's tension in the master bedroom together. Is anybody hearing me tonight? I know it ain't shouting ground, but, you know, maybe a yes, preacher, yes. Um... This master bedroom, this is the room where issues are settled and fights are kept. Um, how many of you love talking to, to, to new married people uh, about all their wisdom? Oh, I love listening to them talk. Oh, man, we're just best friends. We're just going to get along so good. I'm like, I bet you are, and you will until you don't. Until you don't. Uh, if you don't like each other before you get married, that ought to probably be a sign. 
You, know, you probably ought to have that mentality. Man, we're just best friends. We're going to get along. If you don't feel that way and you're going to walk down the aisle, somebody probably ought to intervene and be like, y'all don't even like each other. What are you doing? Uh, but I, I enjoy that. And then, and then, and then uh, the fight happens. Uh, and let's talk down here where we, where we live. Uh, there is some knockdown dragouts that can happen, can happen in the early days of marriage. Some knockdown drag. And I tease, uh, and, I, and I often tease and, and use myself as an illustration. And my wife and I, uh, we've had our arguments through the years. Uh, but we were best friends before we got married, and we still are. Um, and, 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 and we've, we've, we've had a great relationship, had a lot of fun. Uh, but we've had, we've had fights, but they're not that big of a deal when it's just the two of you living in the home. But what about when you have children? And now you're going to have to cultivate a Christian home. Uh, what, what, well, let me just go back before we're talking about children. Uh, if you can't figure out how to deal with that fight when you don't have children, it's only going to escalate when you do. Uh, one thing I appreciate about when we, when we got married is we both lived four hours away from home. And you're not getting in the car going to mama uh, when you live four hours away from home. Uh, especially when you're broke and you ain't got enough money to go to the gas station hardly, let alone to mama. Uh, if we would have, I don't know if we could have got there in them days. Uh, and so we had to figure it out. And I appreciate that. We had to figure it out. Uh, you'd be surprised if you swallow about that much pride, just about that much pride, you can laugh about all of that in about 15 minutes. You can blow up, act like a looney tune, uh, and, 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 and hopefully you, you mature past that uh, as you go into your 20s and, 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 and end of your 20s and your 30s. You grow up past that, uh, the Tasmanian devil uh, uh, um, uh, scene. Uh, but but, but, but you, you blow up, and then you think 10 minutes later after you've cooled down, man, that was foolish. I'm an idiot. Uh, we, we, we have, I, I remember a couple of times, we, we had fights, uh, and we both knew, and, and I, we were 20, I was 20, she was 19, and again, we didn't fight a whole lot, uh, but we'd have fights, and we both knew while we were doing, uh, that it was foolish. Have you ever, have you ever fought and knew it was foolish, and then it just turned into laughing? No? Bless y'all's heart. We have. Just looked at each other and thought, this is so dumb. I'm sorry. Bless y'all's heart. I'm sorry, y'all. Y'all really missed out in life. Go home and get in a fight, just a dumb one, and then, and then stop in the middle and just laugh. Well, at least y'all are honest. Y'all, you just ruined my whole illustration. Where am I, where am I gonna go from there? No, we don't know what you're talking about. Uh, all right, then you have children. Um, and, and you've not learned how to talk to each other. You've not learned how to get along with each other. You've not learned how to, how to not. Um, you, you ever see these people who, who fight on Facebook with each other? Some, some crazy nut gets on Facebook and says, Why are all men pigs? Why are husbands stupid? Every husband I've ever known was, was dumb. You know what they're doing? They're, 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 uh, they're having a fight on Facebook. Uh, why, uh, why are women insane? 
uh, that's insanity, y'all. Please, God help us. If, if you do that on Facebook, don't like, subscribe, or share anything Crossroads Baptist Church has or does, please. Um, all right, then you take that same kind of insanity and you have children. And then you fight that way in front of your children. And all they hear and all they know is mama hates daddy, daddy hates mama. You know why God gave you a master bedroom? So you could take that stuff back there and talk about it. And if you've got to have you a knockdown drag out, take it to the master bedroom and have it. Riding down the road ain't the place to have it. Walmart ain't the place to have it. The living room ain't the place to have it. They're supposed to be good memories in the living room. Go to the bedroom as adults and talk about adult things that kids don't need to hear. Can I, is anybody hearing me tonight? Um, this is where you discuss finances. This is where you discuss marital problems. This is where you discuss church problems. Y'all might not like me all the time. That's all right. I might not like you all the time. We are hard tonight. I'm just playing. Y'all might not like me all the time. And half of what you might say you don't really mean, but you get in the car and you say it, and you have said it in front of your children, and your children have developed an opinion of me that you've given them. But you've got a master bedroom to talk about church problems. Uh, I, I'm the pastor, and I'm always dealing with church problems. That, that's probably one of the hardest ones that I deal with because I have to deal with church problems, and sometimes I catch myself dealing with them on the phone or with my wife, with my kids in the back, and then I have to repent that I dealt with that in front of them because they don't need to hear the ins and the outs of the problems. They're children. They don't have to know. They don't need to know. They, 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 don't, they don't need the husband confiding with the, with the, with the daughter or the son, they don't need the son or the wife confiding with the son or the daughter about the opposite parent and, and how foolish that they're acting. They don't need that. That's not fair. If mom and dad is fighting, let mom and dad fight. But the child don't need to pick a side. It's not fair to ask the child to pick a side. The child does not need to have to develop their own side. That's not fair. You have a master bedroom. You have a place in your home where husband and wife can go talk and they can talk to God and they can talk to one another about the issue that it's not an issue of the children the children have to deal with. We, we, mess, we mess them up. We mess up their thinking. We mess up their, we mess up their, their security. Because all you think, well, we're just fighting, we'll be fine. All they think is, oh boy, I go to school with this one and their parents are divorced and I go to school with this one and their parents are divorced and I go to school with this one and their parents are divorced and now mine are because obviously they don't like each other. That's a load to carry. I want to be careful how I say that. I know we're getting recorded, but as a child I grew up carrying that load. It's not fair. It's not fair. This is where you discuss marital problems, church problems. This is where you decide how you'll raise and discipline your children. 
Whatever your mentality, I want you to hear me tonight. Whatever your mentality on what you're going to do with your, with your children, from what they're going to eat to what they're going to get in trouble for, to what they're going to watch, to when they're going to watch it, to uh, when they're going to do their homework, all of these things, you need to decide that before you get in a fight over that in front of them. And then you put that child uh, uh, as, a, as a victim, and one of the parents is going to end up the bad guy in front of that child. Somebody's about to end up the bad guy because mom is rushing in to rescue or dad is rushing in to rescue and the truth of the matter is is back in the bedroom this decision needed to be made and if it wasn't, then just let it go and then go back there and make the decision and then both of you deal with the decision on the same playing field. I'll tell you what happens. That child, they're not dumb, y'all. We don't give them credit. We think they're dumb. They're not dumb. They know what you're talking about. They get your code words. They're not stupid, and they find out real quick, if I don't like daddy's rules, I can play on mama's emotions. If I don't like mama's rules, I can play on daddy's emotions, and he's going to defend me in front of mom. And what you have done is tore down the authority of mother, or what mother you have done is tore down the authority of father. And that child knows I can play these two together. They're getting in a fight, and I'm going to go over here and eat my bowl of ice cream that I started out wanting to eat in the first place. They're not dumb. Nathan was telling me, uh, him and Katie, with, with Jack the other night, and he's six months old, and they said, uh, he said, it's amazing, he knows his name. He said, I don't know why it's amazing, but he's just little, he can't talk, but he knows his name. He said, I said, Jack, Jackson, and so Jack looked up, went back to playing, he said, David, David. He said, just playing, Brian. Brian, said he just kept repeating names. He said, Jackson, just playing. He said, Jackson, and he looked up again. He said, the boy's six months old and he knows his name. He said, I know I shouldn't be surprised, but I am. Oh, he knows a whole lot more than that. You, you ever got onto a little baby when your child was a baby and they couldn't speak a word, but you said no. And they put that lip out and tears began. That heart melting stuff. Uh, oh, they're not dumb. Oh, I promise you. I don't know how they learn how to put the lip out and just, just make that little pouty face, but they know they can't get on to this. I've heard them. I don't know what cute means, but they keep telling me that's what I am. I'm going to show it to them. Whatever you're going to do as a parent, you better figure that out. And if you've got to figure it out over and over and over again and revisit it, do that. But don't do that right in front of them and pin one against the other. It's not fair to the other and it's not fair to the child. Is anybody hearing me tonight? Mark chapter 3 verse number 5. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. How many houses are divided against their self? You know, it's an interesting thing, too. You, you take two people from two different worlds. Very rarely do you get two people from the same upbringing. 
I, I was raised in a good home. It was different than my wife's home. She was raised in a good home. It was different than my home. We had different mentalities. We had to figure out how we're going to do this. And there were some areas where I, uh, I, she pushed back a little bit and said, are you sure this is what needs to happen? And, and then I could take from her and say, you know, maybe she's right. And then there were some areas where I pushed and said, this is exactly how it's going to happen. And, and she said, all right, you're the daddy. And, 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 and God let that work. Uh, God let, I, I, let me say something to you mothers. Those of you who are fortunate enough to have a, a, a strong man in your home. If you let him be the father, and man, if you'll be the father and you'll be strong and you'll be spiritual, you will take a load off of her that she never was intended to carry. And if you ladies insist on carrying the load of being the disciplinarian and the leader of your home, you're carrying a load that you're not equipped to carry. And it's not that you're not intelligent. It's not that you're not strong. It's that God never intended you to do that. You're trying to carry somebody else's load. Let mom be mom. Let dad be dad. And let them both work together to make a happy home that is happy for the children coming up in it. I, I, I teach this stuff, I preach this stuff, and, 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 and people don't listen. I, I hope you do. I hope you will. But we're raising a generation of young people that grow up in dysfunctional homes that call themselves Christian homes, but they're dysfunctional because daddy won't be daddy and mama won't be what she's supposed to be. And everybody's trying to be what the other one is and everybody's backwards. And you say, well, that, that's, how I, that's how I was brought up. Does that make it right? And it may have been right how you were brought up. It may have been, but is there no room for improvement? A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger, Proverbs 15.1. The master bedroom, this is where you talk at the end of the day, where you retire for rest from the rest of the family. Uh, this is not the, ch the child's room. Uh, let me stop right here and talk about this for just a second. Should our children be welcome and invited into our bedroom? Absolutely. Uh, but should our children have free reign of our bedroom and move into it? No. Uh, when our boys were little, we had that bassinet by the bed and they, they were there. That bassinet by the bed. And you can take this or you can leave it. It'll be up to you. And I know this is getting recorded so other folks will hear it as well. That baby can be out of that room long before they're six years old. And you move them in there and they lay in between you and mom and, and go to bed. And I know that's all cute and fun and we love everybody enjoys it and all that. But what you're saying is the first part of this lesson I dealt with is out the window. And there's a separation in your home because your home is not bonded properly. Because a child is moved into your room. And people enjoy that because it gives them a crutch to lean on to not have to perform part of the duties of marriage. This is not the child's room. 
This is not where one of you sleeps while the other sleeps on the couch. I remember my wife and I, and I've given this illustration before, and, you know, I don't guess this was ever the way in her home. Um, we, we'd just been married just a short period of time, and so we got in an argument, and she said, well, I'm going to bed, you can sleep on the couch. And I remember I thought about that, and I thought, half of that bed's mine. And I don't know, I don't think that she had that mentality because that was the way her parents was, but that's what they did on Everybody Loves Raymond, you know. You go sleep on the couch because he was in trouble. And you can go sleep on the couch. And I, I thought, no, I'm going to go sleep on my half of the bed. I'll draw a line, put some pillows in the middle if I want to so our feet don't touch, but that's my half. I want to be careful here because, again, because of recording, and I don't want to. But many people in this building tonight, many people grew up in homes where people slept in opposite rooms, not because one snored and they started out together and then one snuck away in the middle of the night. My grandparents did that because my grandma couldn't sleep with my grandpa. She'd go in there and lay down with him until he fell asleep, and she got up and went to another room and slept. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about. They, 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 they grew up in homes where people slept at other ends of the house because they could not get along together. And the kids grow up knowing that mom and daddy, and they're not dumb. They don't share a friendship. They don't share a bond. It's not the room where one of you sleeps while the other sleeps on the couch. Cultivate this room. Cherish this room. For it is vital to the entire home. I want to ask you tonight, does your home have a master bedroom? And is it what it needs to be? Is there room for improvement? If I'm going to build a house, I need to build it right. If I'm going to build a house, I need to incorporate uh, a kitchen master bedroom, I need to incorporate um, a living room. If a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. What about your home tonight? What about your home tonight? Lord, we love you this evening. I thank you tonight for helping us. We come to the end of this this part or this session tonight, God, may we take these two thoughts home. God, am I, am I providing spiritual nourishment to my wife and my children? Am I giving them opportunity to exercise spiritually, to, to, to feed on the word of God and in a prayer life? God, am I doing that? Am I leading that? Or the answer sometimes is yes, and the answer sometimes is no, and God help me to be consistent in that. And then, Lord, my, our, 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 the next question is our master bedroom, Lord. Are, are, are we dealing with things that need to be dealt with? Are we, are we uh, as a church and as homes and families, are we uh, keeping uh, the, the, the fights out of the living room? Are we keeping the discussions out of the living room? Are we, are we keeping the finances out of the living room? 
Lord, help us, I pray. God, help us that we take the Bible as it is, believe it as it speaks, that we defraud not one another. Men and women are guilty of that. Lord, that ought not be so. It ought not be so. Lord, help us, I pray, God, to have homes that are godly, homes that work, homes that are spirit-filled, homes, God, that are honoring to the word of God and healthy to everyone who lives in them. Lord, I pray we love you, we thank you in Christ's name, amen, amen. All right, we're done. Any, any, any questions tonight? Probably not, but...